Hi and welcome along to this week's episode of Canna Chat, where we casually chat about all things cannabis related. We appreciate you tuning in. All views expressed in this podcast are the opinions of the host and in no way medical advice. Hi guys and welcome to episode 5 of Canna Chat. I'm lucky enough to be joined by Tim again today. Hi Lee. Hey Tim. All good? All good Tim. Cool. What is it we're going to be getting into today then mate? I just thought we'd go back to basics and talk about a bit about hemp today. Um, we've t- covered cannabis quite a lot, but we haven't really talked much about hemp. Um, a lot of people are confused about the difference between hemp and cannabis, so we're sort of going to maybe clear a wee bit of that up for a lot of people, hopefully, and see some of the benefits that hemp has to offer as well as cannabis. Yeah, I would be one of those people. Uh, it seems quite a lot of people aren't sure of the difference. Um, the, hemp and cannabis are sort of classed as cousins. I would class them more as sisters, to be honest. Um, there's very, very little difference. It's... It's pretty much the same plant, and um, the only thing that defines it is the levels of cannabinoids. That's that's the truth. I mean, hemp has less than two percent THC in it, and that's why it's classed as hemp. Anything above that's classed as cannabis because it's got the psychoactive THC in it, and uh, that makes it more well. The class that it was more dangerous for many years, where now we're sort of seeing that it's not sort of a dangerous thing to talk about anymore. THC hemp's actually known as the world's best biomass source. You can grow ten tons of hemp in one acre. And that can be ready to be harvested in 100 days. To create the same with trees for toxic, you would be talking 50 to 100 years to create that biomass. Um, that's it ready to harvest in 100 days to where you can actually use that for sustainable things. Um, hemp can be used for rope, it can be used for clothes, it can be used for hempcrete, it can be used for so many different things. Um, it's been used for years for so many different things and now you've got other benefits from, the, from harvesting hemp. You've obviously got hemp seed as well. Hemp seed and hemp seed oil have their own benefits. Hemp seed is rich in fatty acids and amino acids. One of the main things is the fatty acids it's rich in is omega-3 and omega-6. The key thing about that but is that it's a ratio of, that hemp has of omega-3 and omega-6. It has a ratio of 3 to 1 from omega-6 to omega-3. So that's just that's class to be ideal for human consumption for health benefits uh, for the omega-3 to omega-6. Um, and that's exactly what it is in hemp, which makes it the most beneficial plant for consuming those fatty acids. Hemp's also very high in protein and B vitamins. Um, it's anti-inflammatory. Uh, it's got, it gives you a healthier heart, improves your skin. There's so many different benefits coming from hemp seed oil. Um, hemp seed oil can be consumed. It can also be used in topical oils as well. Um, so people use it maybe in balms and lotions and things like that. You still get a benefit because these cannabinoids and things can still be absorbed through the skin. The only thing I would be concerned with with consuming a lot of hemp seed oil would be people with hypotension, which is low blood pressure. Um, it, because uh, hemp seed oil and hemp seed lowers your blood pressure, people like that need to be concerned and just keep a wee eye that it doesn't cause too many issues, can cause a conflict and drop their blood pressure too low. Bar that, most people should be fine and it's actually quite beneficial to consume hemp seed and hemp seed oil on a daily basis. Another benefit of cannabis is you can, it can actually be juiced raw. One of the main benefits of this, again, is the high, high omega-3 and omega-6. And again, the balance and the ratio is perfect again. Um, that would be one of the main benefits. It's very anti-inflammatory as well. The other benefit of juicing it raw is you can get the benefit of all the cannabinoids and all the terpenes. I think raw cannabis is underrated. I don't get me wrong, it's, it's, it's not easy to stomach. It's like a lot of these sort of super juices and things like that. It's, it's, it's quite hard to stomach, but I mean, it can't, if, you're, if you are juicing it raw, you can certainly use other things to make it more pleasant, like different juices and stuff to mix in with it. I believe it's underrated now because of the terpenes, the flavonoids, and all the other cannabinoids are in it. You've got your raw acid form cannabinoids, so you've got your THCA, your CBDA, your CBGA, your CBN, all these acid forms that are all in the plant that are beneficial to you. But the, the main benefit to me is I think the fact that 
terpenes are still so underrated flavonoids are still so underrated they're all still in the plant and at high amounts and that's the joy of juicing it raw that you're getting all the benefit of all these flavonoids terpenes sometimes when people process a lot of these oils and and medicines they've lost a lot of the flavonoids and terpenes through decarboxing or, or heating to certain degrees they've maybe lost a lot of the terpenes where juicing it raw you've got all those still in there that to me that's one of the key benefits of juicing raw because you you can get those in there and, and again it's one way to consume thc without the psychoactive properties because you're consuming it as an acid form so you don't get the psychoactive feelings but you, you get all the benefits of thc you say thc is anti-nausea and stuff too um it's, it's tumor fighting it's another benefit of it so thc has a lot of benefits and, and when we can consume like that without psychoactive properties i think it's a good way for a lot of people to get it in their system it's also supposed to be very beneficial for people with alzheimer's and things like that um a lot of, with a lot of the, with the cannabinoid profile in it the only people that again i would advise against consuming high amounts of raw juice cannabis would be people with gallbladder issues or people with on who are on medication to thin their blood down and um, if people are on medication to thin their blood down there could be conflict the reason being is that cannabis has one vitamin that it actually has in it and that's vitamin k vitamin k can actually cause conflict with those medications that, that people are taking to thin their blood down so anyone taking those capsules to thin their blood down or anybody with gallbladder issues needs to sort of take raw cannabis with caution if they are juicing it um, anybody else shouldn't have any conflict at all that's two of the main ways that you can ha- benefit from from hemp um, and certainly juicing cannabis hemp or cannabis the same sort of benefits that both get cannabinoids in them obviously if you're juicing cannabis rather than hemp you're going to have higher concentrations of certain cannabinoids rather than the hemp will have lower thc and things like that um, but again it's down to strain dependency as well all the strains as i've explained before have different levels of cannabinoids different levels of cbd different levels of cbg thc all those levels are different in each strain and that's why it's important for each person to find out what's right for them for their ailments because one person can take one strain and if they're taking it for backache for toxic and someone else takes the same strain and tries to use a anxiety, that strain that someone's taken for backache might be very high in THC so it might send someone's anxiety off the charts rather than actually easing their anxiety some anxiety might want something a bit higher in CBD they give them quite a good balance I find a lot of people with anxiety tend to like a one-to-one balance so for example it'd be 15% THC and 15% CBD out by one-to-one that's quite a good balance for a lot of people with anxiety but again it's different everybody's tolerance and everybody's independent immune system is totally different and they will adapt to different strains different ways so again it's, it's a wee bit of trial and error when people are trying to medicate themselves to find out exactly what way works for them but again we're lucky now that we're heading that direction now in the uk where people are being prescribed cannabis medically and they can sort of play with different strains and see what strains are working for them and what strains are helping their ailments the best that brings us next to flour um again the next way to consume it we've talked about flour before and um, you're consuming flour it would be cannabis it, would, it wouldn't be hemp you would be consuming cannabis because you want the higher levels of cannabinoids flour can be can be vaped it can be combusted and um, it can be put in the edibles the way a lot of people put it in the edibles is to create a butter out of the flour so they'll blend the flour with the butter they'll filter it off and then they'll use that butter to maybe butter a toast in the morning maybe butter their muffins maybe put the butter in the a bun mix and make buns with that and then they're figuring out how many cannabinoids are in the whole block of butter and dividing that down for each bit that's in whatever they're making so if they're using 100 grams in, in their bun mix then they know how much thc is in that 100 grams roughly from how, from making the can of butter initially from they know how much is in the main bulk that's one of the main ways of consuming edible wise Um, say the edible market is vast now and it, it's there's so much variety out there and both in 
sort of underground markets and fully legal markets but i say it's something that people tend to do quite a lot at home uh, there's machines and stuff out there now for making this simple like a magical butter machine where you don't have to overcomplicate things it'll do a lot of work for you i say the main thing to do if you are making edibles is to decarboxylate your cannabis so as you activate those cannabinoids if that's the, if that's what's going to benefit you most is the decarboxylated form some people might benefit more from the acid form of cannabis which as i say would be on decarboxylate you don't take that some people might benefit more from that i say before it was just really recognized that you decarboxylate cannabis to get the maximum benefit and that was always the way it was known for years where now people are seeing a lot of benefits from the acid cannabinoids so thca has a lot of benefits now cbda these are being seen to have a lot of benefits especially cbga and it's so antiviral antibacterial and as i say before it's known to kill mrsa the superbug in the hospital and there's very few things that do that so it proves the power of cannabinoids when they are used correctly and used to the benefit of people so we'll talk about a few of the benefits of cannabis when it is used correctly um one of the main ones is it's anti-inflammatory it's highly anti-inflammatory and um, most of the cannabinoids have anti-inflammatory properties so most strains will give you anti-inflammatory relief and um, pain relief is major pain relief come from a lot of cannabinoids you have other cannabinoids give you anxiety relief cannabinoids can kill bacteria growth they can inhibit cell growth they can inhibit bone growth the benefits of cannabinoids are are vast and they're so unrecognized still by a lot of people um but again it's finding the right cannabinoid for the right benefit i mean cbg will be antiviral and antibacterial cbd won't be nowhere near as antiviral and antibacterial um other cannabinoids will be more anti-inflammatory cbd will be more anti-inflammatory than cbn cbn will be good for sleeping it's, it's good for sleep relief so again it's finding the strengths of certain cannabinoids and using them to target certain ailments for certain people i think that's the way the market's going to go now to where people are starting to delve into separating cannabinoids more and using them to create blends for certain things like i said before terpenes were very unrecognized until this last few years where now people are seeing the benefits of terpenes flavonoids are coming right up behind them too people are seeing the benefits of flavonoids against another molecule in cannabis there's so many things in cannabis that just are unrecognized still to this day even though it's been getting researched for so many years but luckily now it's a good time that these are being recognized now that we're starting to push things medically and, and people are starting to be allowed cannabis as a medicine as it should be now i find it difficult to wrap my head around because flavonoids are what gives like the flavor and the smell right yes so very similar terpenes because terpenes can give a lot of smell too okay yeah but yeah flavonoids and terpenes are very closely related and that's that's the problem with figuring out benefits from them people say five six years ago terpenes were quite unrecognized pardon me so now flavonoids are just coming out of the woodwork and people are only starting to talk about this now a lot of people are still learning about terpenes so flavonoids are like, very very fresh but there's so many benefits they're anti-inflammatory too that they can kill pain could flavonoids be giving you um anti-inflammatory properties just through smelling the flavonoids or you have to consume them research is, hasn't pointed deep enough for us to find out um i certainly believe there are benefits um because when we're when we're inhaling terpenes we're getting benefits from it so there's no reason the flavonoids would be any different it's like aromatherapy uh, again you're going back to terpenes when you're talking about aromatherapy because you're going back to maybe using a lavender oil or linalool oil these again are terpenes again all you're doing is you're smelling them but they're making you feel relaxed so you're clearly getting a benefit from just inhaling those terpenes flavonoids i'm convinced they're very very similar i say they're still we're still early in studies and all this is very very early days as regards digging into flavonoids again it's still quite early days digging into terpenes and some of the benefits but we now know a lot of benefits of terpenes which is good but like i say it's basically very like aromatherapy 
terpenes is just the same as as your lavender it's like pillow sprays you're getting a lavender pillow spray it's it's terpenes it's it's, it's giving you the benefit of that it's nothing more it's it's not a, a magic ingredient and in, in lavender it's a terpenes is a magic ingredient and lavender same as it's a magic ingredient in cannabis and the thing is there's so many terpenes and flavonoids in cannabis yet to be discovered we're still in it's so early days even even in, in the states not even just here but even research in states is still early days for terpenes and flavonoids um that really is there's so many so many beneficial things in the cannabis plant it's not just cannabinoids and i think that's what people are starting to realize and that's why so many people think that have been using cannabis over the years and treating medicinally with cannabis are you trying to use full plant as much as they can simply because they're trying to include all those flavonoids and those terpenes to create that entourage effect we talked about before as i said before if you use one or two cannabinoids you're getting a benefit but the more cannabinoids and more terpenes you're adding on to that mix the more benefit you get because they're helping each other they basically work together in synergy and that's how it works and the more cannabinoids and terpenes you get to work on your system the more chance you have of creating homeostasis and homeostasis is basically balance of your body and um, that's created through taking the right cannabinoids and terpenes but as i said again it's it's knowing the right cannabinoids and terpenes for each person i mean cannabinoids can can either suppress or stimulate appetite uh, and that's that's down to knowing which ones um again some people might have eating disorders so someone might have anorexia to where they may need to stimulate their appetite that's fine certain cannabinoids will do that but then someone else might be the opposite to where they need to suppress their appetite because they're eating too much so they would need a different strain or different cannabinoids certainly to the other person who's got the anorexia different eating disorders different cannabinoids and again it's the same with with pain relief like i said you could be giving someone the wrong cannabinoids for pain relief and they're getting no relief I'm wondering why they're getting no relief if they're if they're taking the wrong cannabis so if you're giving someone for toxic cbc yes it's got pain fighting properties but not as good as cbd and thc so you may be giving them the wrong cannabinoids and then they've tried that and thought mm, cannabis is no good not necessarily maybe just the wrong strain or the wrong oil for you so again it's down to finding out what works right for each person and again just feeding that into a cannabinoid system so as it's at its optimum i say i'm a great believer that endocannabinoid deficiency is still rife out there and i, I firmly believe it, it is what is one of the key causes of all these autoimmune diseases out there now that weren't here years ago again like i said we had cannabis in our diet back to hemp again um uh, the cattle were, were eating hemp and um, the hemp seed oil it was it was livestock food um there's another use for it again is livestock bedding uh, it's, it just keeps coming up every time you're talking about it you find another use that it's being used for or something else it's it's used for so much i mean they believe that there's over five thousand uses for hemp now worldwide and i would firmly believe there is it's just hard to sit and pinpoint them all in a conversation but i mean if you sit and research them i mean there is so many different uses for hemp so quick question on hemp uh-huh you said so hemp is essentially the same plant but with under two percent thc right yep. it would two percent be psychoactive at all it's classed as psychoactive okay um it would be psychoactive in someone with a very very low tolerance to thc okay, okay. so someone who has maybe never used thc before and has a real real hypersensitivity to it because some people are hypersensitive to thc and um, i've watched people over the years who have tried to consume thc and just it just doesn't work with them because they just, just get over anxious and it just doesn't suit them so they're super sensitive so again you have to find a balance that works for them so they end up they would end up consuming a one-to-one balance it's, it's higher in cbd it has a balanced thc with cbd level which obviously fights the psychoactive properties but yes in answer to your question certainly people can get high on two to three percent Um, it's not a lot for i mean a lot of recreational users i wouldn't it wouldn't touch clearly i mean they would smoke two percent and, and 
they wouldn't know they'd had a smoke clearly but certainly it's enough to have psychoactive properties for someone do you know okay. and that, that's why that's the limit um it is a very small limit but that's why they put that limit down there because there's always going to be it's like it's like all these pharmaceutical meds the side effects aren't maybe always going to be there but yeah. they're there for someone and yeah. it's the same sort of idea with that someone's going to get high on two percent okay. and that's why they put that limit so low but it is a, it is a very low limit yeah there's no doubt but again this is what the this is this is key to this too as regards education i mean now we've got doctors and gps prescribing medical cannabis in the uk to me the key is making sure they have the education in this they need to know what cannabinoids are beneficial for certain ailments what cannabinoids are good for pain what cannabinoids are good for anxiety and so on and and not so much the terpenes maybe but certainly the cannabinoids at these these early days maybe down the line certainly digging into terpenes but these early days i mean gps and stuff certainly need to be well educated in cannabinoids certainly need to be educated on the endocannabinoid system and endocannabinoid deficiency which is it's clinically recognized now it was clinically recognized now for uh, having conflict with ibs ibd ptsd and fibromyalgia now is all clinically proven to come from endocannabinoid deficiency so it's not like it's a hidden fact now and people like me are just claiming this it's actually clinically proven now so i think key now is just making sure that anyone prescribing medical cannabis for moving forward in the uk has that education knows what they're prescribing and prescribing the right the right strains for the right people because it'll speed the whole process up because if they're prescribing the wrong strains for for people then it's going to slow things down dramatically as regards moving forward because if one person gets prescribed the wrong strain they're put back now for a month till their next prescription so that's a month and then if they try another strain that's maybe another month and that strain might not be right and then another strain that's another month wasted plus that data then is negative data going into the system as regards nhs data looking well this isn't helping this person this is making this person worse so it's actually making cannabis look giving it a bad look instead of actual realistic facts just simply yeah. because of bad education because maybe people may be prescribing the wrong strains and and that could be a problem i think so to me key is education again back to mm. education but i think the gps and and clinics need to be well educated on the endocannabinoid system and, and cannabinoids and what cannabinoids benefit what ailments and i think that's key if that if that's done moving forward then i, I feel that things can move forward really really quickly and we could really have medical cannabis thriving in the uk um, and again recreational just follow a few years after that as everyone knows it's just, it just goes hand in hand two years later recreational generally made legal after medicinal proves its way would that be a worry for you lee um the education of people prescribing the medical cannabis because for me as you were talking there i was thinking if anything it could actually be dangerous almost especially people who are maybe really anxious if they're being prescribed the wrong one it could really set them off i totally agree and I believe it could get cannabis a bad name they'd agree too because as you say people just being prescribed wrongly and that's all it's down to it's not down to the cannabis being bad it's down to the wrong strain for the wrong ailment yeah and I think that is key um I not deep enough in the the contacts of the the clinics and the GPS but I firmly believe that the education has to be there it has to be there and it's like you say if they get it wrong it's a it's a big mistake it can it can just reflect the whole the whole industry from here on in yeah it's a bad advice it just can reflect the whole industry from here on in because like you say it contained cannabis rather than show it for what it really is and the benefits of it so anything can be used wrong and this is one of the ways cannabis can be used wrong and naively just because i mean someone's not trying to prescribe you the wrong cannabis they believe that okay this cannabis should be right for you and they're prescribing that but maybe the education hasn't been there yeah and they don't know that that strain that 
that's high in this this amount of THC or this amount of CBNs, maybe too much CBN for this person, make them too tired, they'll get, lose motivation, then they lose motivation, they'll lose their job, carry on, catch 22, roll on effect. Yeah. So again, it, it's back to education and it's always going to come back to education. It comes back to education and balances the two main things with cannabis. And to me, if education and balance is in place with cannabis, the industry will thrive. It'll thrive medicinally and then recreationally will come after and see if, again, you're back to education and balance for recreational use. If people are educating themselves to the benefits and they're educating themselves to the negative side effects and they're keeping that balance, then there you go. It's back to educating and balance with recreational, same way it is with medicinal. It's no different. And again, the recreational industry will just thrive if, if they follow the same suit in my eyes. I say I do see a future for it here now. Um, and now with people being prescribed medical cannabis in the UK and Northern Ireland on a daily basis, um, including myself now, then I definitely see it as a big leap forward. Uh, it's only progression and it's only going to keep progressing as long as, as say, education stands alongside it. And then we're, again, we're back to balancing people not over-consuming. If people do get prescribed it, they're using it as and when they should be using it and keeping themselves well-balanced. If, if we carry on like that, I see a bright future for cannabis. Cool. What a turnaround, eh? Yeah, it's progression. So yeah. it's definitely progression. It's making me smile anyway. It's 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 nice to see that people aren't made to feel like criminals for medicating themselves anymore. And to, to me, that's it's a it's a giant weight off off people's shoulders. I certainly know now being a medical cannabis patient that I don't have that stigma around me, and I don't have that anxiety of people knowing I use cannabis because I'm, I'm legally using cannabis. Yeah, that for a lot of people is a game changer. I'm sure a lot of people um, had their minds blown the last time you mentioned it, but it still blows my mind that that's possible now. You can have a medical cannabis uh, prescription in Northern Ireland. Yeah, it's fantastic. Just to reiterate how, how strange that sounds. It's nice though. <laughs> I'm sure, absolutely. <laughs> and a lot of people agree with me. And I say a lot of people do seem to have been applying this last few weeks since we talked about it in the last podcast so it's great to see um, the more people apply the quicker things will move forward um, we'll collect data for the NHS and we'll really get this pushing forward yeah, supply and demand right it's exactly what it is yeah so well I suppose we'll bring this, this one day a close Tim will we yeah happy that days. was um, a lot of information I am much more educated as usual but even more more educated than normal fantastic so thanks for that Lee Thank you, Tim. That's what it's always about, always. Thank you for joining me and thanks for your time. You're very welcome. Again, thank you guys for joining me. And if you if you enjoyed it, if you give it a wee like and subscribe on YouTube and follow on Spotify, would really, really appreciate it. I'll catch you all again soon. Watch the full video podcast on YouTube at Kaput Network. We'd like to thank you for joining us for this week's episode. We'll catch you again soon for some more Canna Chat. And remember, the real crime is knowing cannabis can help others, but doing nothing about it.